Hey, good evening, Fahim. Hey, good evening, Rudy. Uh, I'm going, Rudy. I'm going to invite you to be a speaker. I would love to uh, invite a woman uh, because uh, I'm going to have some really crazy talks. How are you, Rudy? Hey, Pedro. How you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Everything okay? Yeah, everything is cool, man. A little bit. I heard from. Here. So, I heard that from Brady something that happened last night or something. Oh no. <laughs> I, I wasn't there last night. I fell asleep too early. Excellent. You are not in the controversy. That's good to know. It's nice when you wake up the next day and you realize you avoided. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think uh, I, I was uh, in uh, Brady's room earlier today and I, I think he's feeling better. I think uh, no harm is done. So That's very good. That's good. You know, these things, sometimes these things are greater than us. And I'm, I'm glad that I was not there to be tempted, you know, to participate. Totally. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I, I did not listen into it, but I know this guy is talking about some Soviet atrocity and all that. I think I probably want to touch base a little bit uh, on Wednesday night uh, in my next one about Tucker Carlson. Mm. And... Uh, because I think, if I remember correctly, these so-called Soviet atrocity, it's uh, according to that uh, Smoothie X12, it was made by like uh, uh, the the Germans, but it could also be by made by the British. Mm. And uh, no, Andrew, I think Andrew so uh, also said something similar that okay. there was. Um, you know, the Nazis basically, um, with the aid of, I think, Americans and stuff, they basically created um, a, a certain narrative to be able to get the blame onto the, um, onto the communists equal to the blame that was, you know, put onto the Nazis. And so basically to have an both sides kind of thing. Or the left is really horrible. And it's it's killed so many people, just like the right has killed so many people. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's what he said. And so this um, the 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 famine that these people are talking about. And uh, this is not something that I know of particularly. It was just what Andrew was saying was this famine is just like one part of a, a you know a bigger narrative. Uh, creation thing that was done by you know, the Germans and other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, well, I'm f of course I I agree with all the First Amendment stuff, so I'm not going to censor them, or, or, but I just want to. I'm always curious about the source of those information. I'm I'm sure there's atrocities in China, uh, in Soviet Union. In the U in the U.S. and uh, you know things happen, and uh, but there is all a constant narrative that fits to that uh, moral and the political chart of the inhabited world, <laughs> because the savages will do savage things. That's what they want to point. Uh, always want to paint are the non-Western people, <laughs> and uh, so so that's all, all good. So anyway, let me get started. Uh, I'm pretty excited about today's episode for a reason of this. 
when I learned about the Dobbs decision, I was like, this is like a pie from the sky. <laughs> okay. No. And, and you know, I always love to use the, use the white man's word to argue with them, say, hey, you said this. Okay. So remember, uh, Anthony Scalia, I know Amanda hates Anthony Scalia uh, greatly. He is the one uh, who said the abortion issue belongs to the states. And you can Google his uh, interview with uh, uh, Piers Morgan when Piers Morgan still with CNN. All right. So the Alito decision, the Dobbs decision, fits exactly what Justice Scalia wanted. All right. So today I'm going to use his own words to show how pathetic this decision is. I consider this like a, as bad as Dred Scott. Probably even worse. Okay, so that's what I'm going to talk about. I have put it in my update, you know, just give you this scenario. If a white guy in his own basement of his own house with all the windows and the doors locked and his house is surrounded by white picket fences and he's doing child pornography in his basement. Does the Constitution protect someone like that? The answer is apparently yes. Right? Because I am going to give you an actual case. There's a, there are many, many cases. How the pedophiles and the child pornographer uh, offense, uh, child pornography offenders got protection, got their conviction overturned, vacated under the Constitution of the United States. And what what was the justification that their privacy was was um, somehow now respected? Is that what it is? Exactly. Exactly. So it's about the unreasonable search. Hey, hey, you know, again, it sounds bad and I'm... Sh- the thing is, with the government, we have to put some type of restrictions on them. And so I I don't know what type of, um, what do they call it, Pandora box this opens up. But ultimately, it's, but yeah, no, I, I understand. It's a very, this question you're asking here, Peter, it's... um. It's a very probing one. It's going to be hilarious. Like I said, I have called this called the uh, judicial incoherence. The only explanation to uh, that we can I can find for this judicial incoherence is the judicial white privilege, <laughs> meaning our constitution is written by white male founding fathers, right? So. So, so like I said, uh, I got this idea because I want to make it a little bit funny because, uh, you know, in the Seinfeld show, there is an episode, I think it's called The Contest. It's about masturbation and uh, in which Jerry Kramer and uh, 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 George uh, claim they, are, they will be master of their domains. Okay, in which Elaine challenged that she can also be the queen of her castle. 
So that's why I I said if this man is in his own domain, he is the master of his domain. He's in his, the basement of his domain. He's doing maybe masturbation or child pornography. Does our constitution protect him? The answer is clearly yes. Okay, but what if Elaine wants to take a, a abortion pill in her basement, where she signed off her privacy rights to the government, to the police, saying you can come in and check on my last menstrual period? Did she sign off on that? So if a state enact the anti-abortion law. You know, will Elaine still be the queen of her castle, or she ha has she ever been the queen of her castle? So that is the question for today. So a little bit of news update. I actually met a Karen of my own. Okay, this white woman asked me something. I can tell she is she wants to be a Karen. <laughs> So I'm very, I'm very happy. You know what? Because I said, Karen is my this show's best friend forever. You know, and I'll, I'll quickly explain to you. I parked near a beach. In this spot, a lot of surfers came uh, come to this spot. I parked my truck on the only spot that are level, so 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 I don't have to adjust the 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 the, the my truck so I can sleep on the flat. You know. Level. Mm. It's next to a handicapped parking lot, but it is there's no sign for for this spot. Now this woman came to me say, "Hey Peter, you know this is a surf spot. Uh, uh, right now there's not a lot of surfers, but when there are a lot more surfers uh, 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 comes uh, when it's getting warmer, I think you're gonna have a problem parking here. Remember, there's a no sign." <laughs> That this spot is reserved for handicapped or, or for surfer or for whoever. There was a huge parking lot, but it's more off the beach. This spot is pretty decent because you can overlook the entire beach, like it's on the fortress and all that. So I said, I know she's what she's gonna do when it's getting busier. She's gonna call a park ranger and try to get me to move my truck. And she is giving me a warning shot. <laughs> this is what she's doing. So I finally met my Karen. Uh, thank you very much, Karen. So more to come, of course. The second uh, news I want to talk about is this. Uh, uh, once again, you know, this episode is to honor the one-year anniversary of the leaker, the Supreme Court leaker. I call the leaker's revenge. It's a hilarious recently. As I think Amanda has noticed, Chief Justice Roberts had a, a has a, his wife working in the employ, lawyer employment referral services. I do not believe I did not believe this news that now there's a whistleblower saying her annual income is ten million dollars in commission for these lawyer employment referrals. Don't tell me there's a, no appearance of a conflict interest in that. Okay, so it's about Supreme Court ethics. They are supposed to have a supreme ethics, right? The supreme moral moral values, but I don't see that. I do not see that. 
And that, that uh, this is the news in the past week. Uh, April the. Yeah, I just ahead. say um, I, I think um, I heard that um, the it's one of these sort of peeps, pipsqueak senators or Congress people. The guy with the French name, um, one of Fran- uh, one of uh, Trump's fanboys. Um, well, he on TV was saying that he actually, you know, would support Roberts if Roberts didn't show himself um, to our so-called representatives to basically explain for the corruption of his friend, you know, the yeah. other yeah, other no, guy. I, uh, interesting. That, so and, you're saying the Trump supporters is questioning his uh, ethical standard. Is that what you're saying? N- no, I, f- I forget. It's Beauregard. I forget his uh, other name. But okay. uh, Beauregard says um, that he supports Justice Roberts not showing up and having to explain why it is that uh, you know uh, that we have a judge who's basically has a sugar daddy and his wife also has a sugar daddy uh, but um i just thought that Beauregard was just doing so he was just protecting roberts because roberts was such a you know fine you know citizen such a fine um judge and that this guy He's doing it. He's doing the job for the American people. He is not letting bipartisanship stop him from doing yep, Jeff Sessions, from doing the good work. And so Jeff Sessions is supporting. Um, is it Jeff Sessions or the other one? It's not Jeff Sessions. It's the other one. Are you sure it's Jeff Sessions? Anyway, I was just saying basically um, that they, they are sort of protecting each other. right? Uh-huh. Isn't Robert uh-huh. the, the liberal yeah. one? Uh, well, Jeff Session was the uh, senator from Alabama. Roberts mm-hmm. has been on the court for for a long, for a while. I think he was appointed by George W. Bush. And uh, well, a, a, as you have mentioned, Chief Justice Roberts he refused to uh, come on to the uh, Capitol Hill to testify about the Supreme Court ethics rules and all that. Right, he's supposed to be the sort of the moderate. Um, the sort of yeah, the, the one that reaches or crosses the the bridge. Correct. I have said I have I I don't take political influence whatsoever. I have said I actually believe Justice Th- uh, Clarence Thomas is being singled out. I believe there's so many more judges and justices knowing they violate ethics rules and the recusal statutes. I have said that in the past. It's according to the Wall Street uh, Journal article. So, 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 and, and here comes more. On uh, April the 28th, Friday, this past Friday, Justice Alito published the article, an uh, interview with someone with the Wall Street Journal. It's another hilarious one. Justice Alito, he is the chief author of the Dobbs decision, right? He said, this made us targets of assassinations. He's still very upset. All right. What is hilarious about Justice Alito is this. Oh, first of all, he complained. Now, Alito, he said, we all have to ride with a heavy protection of us, the FBI or Secret Service or whatever. And we are literally set in a tank. We cannot drive ourselves. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. Remember when our government set up all the barbed wire fences around the Capitol Hill? Around the uh, Supreme Court, it just shows that 
the legitimacy of our democracy is at the lowest in the history of this country. Okay? You will never be able to use arms, barbed wires, fences to win the hearts and the minds of the American people. Okay? You do shitty things on the court and the color of law waving government uniforms, you are just as shitty as you can be. So, much more is this. Alito himself in this article also refused to discuss the Supreme Court ethics issues. <laughs> okay, that's another thing. The third is this. This is just chicken come uh, come back to the roost, whatever it's called. I have I have I have said in the past, the leaker did not commit a crime. There's no federal law saying leaking a Supreme Court draft opinion is a crime. It itself, what leaker did is a ethics violation. It's on the same level of severity about what Justice Clarence Thomas is doing with the, the billionaire, whatever this Justice Roberts' wife is doing. Right. Right? I mean, ethics I, violation. Yeah. I, a, mm -hmm, go ahead. It just, yeah, it just seems to me incorrect, right? Like, it's, it's, it's almost, it's, it's as crazy as if we had, like, a president who also had a billionaire friend that he hung out with. We know that that would be also bad. We don't have that, do we? But actually, in defense of Barack Obama, I guess he he hung out with his billionaire pal after mm -hmm. he was done um, being president. So, mm -hmm. so, so the last piece of a, a, a news update is that, in case you do not know, there's another mass shooting, and uh, and I've said mass shooting this year. Not my stats. It's according to USA or, or, or some other organization. They're saying we are on pace to be at a record mass shooting year. I've said no justice, no peace. We're going to have more mass shootings, unfortunately. It's getting, the, so, the harder it's getting, the more mass shootings we're getting. Now yep. I'm trying to figure out if we stopped the mass shootings, if maybe we can stop global warming. What do you think? Why I do not know. I just think uh, I think uh, the founders of this country, founding fathers, put the Second Amendment there for a reason. I have never believed that gun ownership is for hunting. I always believe that gun ownership is to prepare in case this government is become a total tyrant, and it is a total tyrant. Wait, Only you... a tyrant will need fences, barbed wire fences, to guard its court. Only a tyranny will need a heavily ar uh, 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 armed security force to protect the judges in a tank. This is by Alito's own words. Alito's now, I've heard this thing said before, Pete, but you think those George Washingtons, those Cretans, they wrote something in law that would mean that if the people were not happy that they could depose them? Is that what you're saying? It is, uh, uh, it is in the Declaration of Independence. It's not just, it's our rights and duty. Remember, it's a duty, D-U-T-Y, for American people to abolish or alter our government. And, and I'm going to say, uh, this is why 
I have said Dobbs' decision is bad, not because it's conservative. It's not. The Roe v. Wade is decided by five Republican-appointed justices. Okay, they are all Christians. Who can say they are less? The, the Supreme Court today is more conservative or less conservative, or, 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 or more Christian or less Christian than the people who de de decided Roe v. Wade. So what I'm going to talk about today is our all so-called originalism, textualism. This is what the Scalia advocates. This is what Alito advocates. This is what John Roberts advocates. I'm using exactly the word. And to show why actually the women's rights to their, this is called the body autonomy, the, uh, uh, you, you can call it, again, going back, just make it lightly, is Elaine be entitled have an alienable rights to be master, uh, to, to be queen of her castle when George Costanza can be the master of his domain. As we know, George Costanza is a quintessential loser of the whole, whole show, right? But he can be, he can claim to be a master of his own domain. Under the same, same principle, can Elaine be the queen of her castle? So, so that's I'm going to start with. Introduction. Is we the people supreme or the Supreme Court supreme? That question is not asked by me. It's asked by Justice Scalia. Okay? Uh, I have so many links about articles. These are law journal articles. I'm just going to read them in case you guys want to uh, see the article, just let me know. I'll post it in, in the chat room. In uh, the, there is a Yale, there is a Yale, Yale Law School Journal. In the name of Original Theory of Constitutionalism. I do not know this. This is from these, I'm going to talk about personal sovereignty. What, uh, what does it mean to be people's sovereignty? What is a popular sovereignty? And what is rights of man? These are all original founding documents. Okay? So back to this uh, Law Journal article by Yale Law uh, Journal. The original theory of constitutionalism. In, in that article, the author, a Yale professor, law professor, and a Duke law professor said this. The late Justice Scalia crystallize the originalist concern in his dissent in Obergefell versus Hodges. Obergefell versus Hodges is a gay marriage case in the U.S. Supreme Court in which Scalia dissented. Scalia said, quote, it is of overwhelming importance who it is that rules me Today's decree says that my ruler and the rulers of 320 million Americans coast to coast is a majority of the nine lawyers on the Supreme Court, end quote. This is Justice Scalia's dissenting opinion about who is the one that rules we the people in a case about gay marriage. Now, applying the same opinion 
same dissenting opinion in Dobbs' decision. Would that be appropriate? Because in Dobbs' decision, it's also a decree. In that decree, it says, my ruler, especially the half of the population of 330 million Americans, women, they can ask, who is the one who ruled these half of 320 million women, American women? It's the majority of the nine lawyers on the Supreme Court. That's the words of Justice Anthony Scalia. Why he used that words? He used that words about who is my ruler. Is from the original theory from the rights of man by Thomas Paine and a whole and a John Locke and a whole a bunch of other English scholars. By the way, they are not American back then. They are English scholars. The English common man. That's their idea that was in support of American independence. Well, at, at least now we're ruled by um, a group of nine. Well, less, I think, because the Democrats aren't really doing their thing. But we're ruled by a group that is, you know, diverse. At least we're now ruled by a woman as well. And I think she's Latina or Latinx. We're, we're ruled by, you know, there's a, a white guy there. We're ruled by uh, a, a black guy there, too. Um, we're, we're going places, Peter. Well, actually, I have said before, I believe uh, through the Dobbs decision and the, that uh, Puerto Rican case, uh, the U.S. versus uh, Madero, I've said, uh, uh, Sotomayor is just a lazy blank blank because uh, she... It just shows the so-called progressives, they are just as lazy as a fuck. And I have no hope of them whatsoever. So trust me on that. And so, but I'm, like I said, I always want to use the white man's words to argue with them. I'm not using my words. They are all, right now, they're all their words. Okay, so continue with the article, what he said. The concern voiced by Scalia is in the word Observation, the arrogation of the right to rule by the judiciary. Remember, this show is about judicial white privilege, ruling by the judiciary of we the people. Okay, so let me we we start from this the what this law journal saying. The concern voiced by Scalia is in a word, usurpation, the arrogation of the right to rule by the judiciary. Invoking the authority of the constitutions, we the people. But responding, in fact, to the vicissitudes of present-day party politics, social movements, and what Scalia once famously called "call to a comp." Call to a comp. The spells K U L T U R K A M P F. My Kampf is by Adolf Hitler, uh, K-A-M-P-F. Cultural Kampf, meaning it's a cultural war, cultural battle. So basically, Scalia used this word in another case. It's a case about the state of Colorado's hostility 
towards the gay people. Okay, so Scalia, in that case, I love the fact he used those fancy words because right now I'm using his own words to counter these uh, Christian Nazis on the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay, the uh, they they call it cultural comp. Okay, so this article is written by I would say more liberal side of the legal scholars. Okay, they keep on writing this. On the living constitutionalist side, the core concern is the Constitution's legitimacy in the eyes of those it rules today. Here too, it might be said that the question remains the same: Who it is that rules me? So, as a American, you can always ask the question: Who is that thing that rules me? Because Americans are special. I'm going to talk about rights of man. I'm going to talk about the、uh, personal sovereignty, popular sovereignty, and all that. Okay. So, like I've always said, everything I said here on this show today and in in the past, it's all my own words, my original thoughts. I don't follow any Democrats or don't follow any Republicans. I don't follow Tucker Carlson. I don't follow Rachel Maddow. I don't. And what I'm using also is originalistic commentaries by the by 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 those who are involved in making the supreme law of the land called the Constitution. These are all so-called textualistic commentaries. I follow the word by word. That's what they said, and it goes back to the founding fathers and the scholars back then who provided the legal justification. For American independence, although as we know, those independence, those freedom is is not for non-whites or not 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 for women, right? So so that's the intro I want to do.、Uh, let me take a call、uh, from Sterling. Hi, Peter. I'm so glad to catch your show again.、Um, so when you were talking about who's supreme. Uh, immediately, I thought about the Bill of Rights, and have you looked over yeah, that? Yes,、yeah. I'm going to talk about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because it's like it makes it our civic duty. If these people、yes. get out of control,、um, it is we, the people, that have a civic duty to do something about that.、Yep. And I don't think that I don't think that's stressed enough, and because everybody on、uh, is constantly talking about、um, the Constitution, and obviously that's you know that's great, but. They never want to let the citizens know how much power they actually have every time they bring up the Constitution and the founding fathers. Correct. The Bill, the Bill of Rights is a you know we really need we have every right to be upset right now because I, I'm with you on this.、Um, everything is so completely corrupt.、Um, we have like a state everything state media.、Um, we can't get the truth from anybody and except. You know, people like you or people that are, you know, doing these things, so people don't think they're going crazy and trying to organize what in the world we can possibly do、um, to defend democracy. Yeah, exactly. So, like,、uh, remember this today. The, the best example today that how we are all effed up today is this. Tucker Carlson is the only mainstream media personality who defended the Pan African Socialist Party. Is that something? Yeah. So Ru- Ru- Rudy, just let go back. You don't have to mention some、uh, black woman on the U.S. Supreme Court. It doesn't matter to me. 
I, like I said, it's called the white, judicial white privilege. The problem is not about the color of white. The problem is about the privilege. Who the fuck give them that privilege? We the people never given those privilege to them in a life term. We don't. Okay, Sterling. By the way, I made you a speaker, so please accept. And yeah. so no, no, no. I'm totally, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I think it's yes. just, um, yeah. I think it's what they call the deep state. I mean, I think it's just yeah. so entrenched in our government um, that. That's it. And what weird, the weird thing that happens, though, is once people get in there of other races, they seem to fall into the same trap. So exactly. now we're all like really worried, like who's going to be the person that's going to get in there and be able to do something? Who's the Mr. Smith going to Washington? And we just can't. They, I, I don't know if they just scare people within an inch of their life. I imagine that's it a lot of times or that just it's just too much you, you, to be around that much power and money. And so, I mean, yeah, and I well, think that's it. Bigger yeah. part of it. Oh, yeah. Like I said, the court is supposed to be the gatekeeper over mm -hmm. those nonsenses. But now we have learned, I said it's through this show, you have learned that our course is just as fucked up as the two other branches. That's why we're all fucked up. That's why the well, court need a barbed wire fences to be protected. That's why our top justices supposed to be morally the most you know, pristine individual, the smartest, the most intellectual, most intelligent individual. They need to sit in a tank to go about their business. They cannot even drive their own damn car. Yeah, we that don't have just... that in government anymore. These people are all sellouts. I mean, we don't have any of the, you know, maybe if there were some um, old school, like really... Uh, I don't know, just really loving American and democracy intellectuals. We just don't seem to have them anymore. No, this I mean, is why I'm here. Thank you, America. I mean, sorry, you're welcome, America. I'm helping America, even though I'm from China. So, yeah, so let me continue, uh, Sterling, if you don't mind. But let me, so, can I do this really quickly? Can I just, uh, for the people that may not know these two paragraphs from the Bill of Rights, could I just read them really quickly? Do you mind? Sure, sure go ahead. Okay. It's the first two paragraphs of the Bill of Rights. And it's, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain and unalienable rights. Among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety, happiness, prudence. Oh, sorry, ha and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for lighter transient causes. I think we're way past that. <laughs> okay, I appreciate it, uh, Sterling. So, yeah, no uh, problem. So, Amanda, uh, just hold on there because I want because today's episode, as you all can imagine, could be pretty long because uh, it's a complicated thing. And I did my best to speak naturally, to discuss this naturally. I'm not talking about this uh, like a legal scholar. No, I'm not. Not not like a lawyer. I'm just going to speak naturally like those uh, founding fathers and scholars back then. They use plain language to say common sense. Yes. Okay, so 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 I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna take you uh, Amanda. Just give me a few minutes, okay? So again, back to this is a Scalia's question. 
Are we the people, the Supreme? Or the Supreme Court, Supreme to the, we the people? Now, he was upset with the gay marriage decision. Again, I'm not taking sides about those cases. But I am going to use his own words to challenge Dobbs' decision. Right? So now I'm going to the next segment called the rights of man. By individual sovereignty. That something is unalienable. I have said before. I learned this. I came to U.S. from China in the early 90s. So as you, you probably imagine, Newt Gingrich back then is pretty, pretty famous back in the mid-90s. I learned from him that U.S. in U.S. is so special is that our rights is not from government. Our rights is from a divine entity. Okay? And our rights is the least to a government. It's a consent to be governed under certain terms. Okay? It's called the social contract back then. Okay? We are able, we should be, we the people are allowed to terminate that lease to the government through elections and other means. Saying, well, no, we don't like the way you governors. Okay? It's by the consent of the government. So, as we know, the article by this guy, Thomas Paine, is literally called The Rights of a Man. So, as you can imagine, here's, I, I think Rudy will be happy to hear this. Dress God, a black man, does not have rights of man because the blacks are slaves and the natives, Americans, are savages. So they are not included in the rights of man. Right? But more, just equally explicitly, women did not have the rights of man. Otherwise, it would have titled as the rights of a man and a woman or rights of woman. Or right of a person. Right? So you keep that limitation, a huge limitation in your mind. But still, you can like the idea about rights of a man, rights of a human being. But you can keep that too. That's why the title of this episode is Dread Scott once, once more. The women should not be considered equal of men because the right of man is written for men. White men, there's no right to privacy for a woman before, right? So, rights of men are natural rights. What is natural rights? Natural rights by those scholars back then. John Locke, I have said many times, it's a, he's a British scholar. Okay? Right? What are natural rights? Natural rights meaning these are come naturally. It's not defined by a government, by another people, by a church. It's a natural, you're born with it. Use the word, this guy has a natural talent of telling jokes. What natural talent mean? That talent came naturally. He is born with that natural talent. So rights of men are natural rights, meaning these are unalienable rights. No, uh, no, no other person collectively or individually, collectively as a government, can take it away. All right? So, so that, these rights of man determined something called a, pers a person's sovereignty, an individual's sovereignty. You are sovereign regardless where you're coming from, as you're in, in, the, in this country, under the supreme law of this country.
So going back to Thomas Paine, in his article, Rights of Man, he said this, among other things, he said this, the fact, therefore, must be that the individuals themselves, each in his own personal and sovereign right, entered into a contract with each other to produce a government. You have to remember this, okay, in case you miss that in your civic classes. That, that's his word. And this is adopted in the Constitution Declaration and Declaration of Independence. We, the Americans, are special because of these words. He said, the fact, therefore, must be that the individuals, you and me, individuals, ourselves, each in our own personal and sovereign right, enter into a contract with each other to produce a government, to be governed by this government. And he said, Thomas Paine said, quote, this is the only mode in which governments have a right to arise and the only principle on which they have a right to exist. In other words, he said, the government have no right to even exist if we, the people, in our individual sovereign right, refuse to consent to the government. Regulating abortion is a government function. You have to get consent from the governed. Right? So that's his words. I'm going to use uh, John Locke's words a little bit more here. John Locke's, this is from John Locke's uh, uh, Wikipedia uh, page. I mean, not the page he created, you know, the Wikipedia's page about John Locke. John Locke's political theory was founded upon that a social contract, the contract between the sovereign people and its government, this is my word, the contract is like the Bill of Rights, it's a contract. Quote, in the natural state, all people were equal and independent and everyone had a natural right to defend his life, health, liberty, or possessions. His word, defend his uh, life. He used the word his, not hers, not her. Defend his life. Health, remember health. Abortion is about woman's health. Is that right? So our founding scholars have said, we have a natural right to defend our life and health, liberty or possessions. John Locke is also a physician. He is a medical doctor. So he knows about health, at least a man's health. I'm pretty sure he knows about women's health too. Now, he may be against abortion, but that's his words. That's his words. Again, back to this Wikipedia page about John Locke. Most scholars trace the phrase life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in the American Declaration of Independence to Locke's theory of rights. Although other origins has been suggested, that is true. John Locke is not alone. There's a whole bunch of other British French scholars saying, you know, defining what liberty should be, what freedom should be, you know, what government, a democracy should be. John Locke also advocated governments, governmental separation of powers and believed that Revolution is not only a right, but an obligation 
in some circumstances. Again, this is John Locke's idea. A revolution is not a right, it's an obligation of yours. These ideas would come to have a profound influence on the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. So now I have, this is the sec segment I want to tell you a bit about the rights of a man. With the consideration that rights of a man does not include Dred Scott type of people, or the native people, or women back then. But as we know, we have fast forward with the 14th Amendment, right? I know, uh, Amanda, the ER, uh, ERA was uh, not uh, being considered or defeated in the Senate and all that. It, it, it's a bad news, of course. But these are all in the Constitution. So having said that, you can Google yourself, what is the American sovereign? The word, the American sovereign. What is the word popular sovereignty mean? You can Google these and the Wikipedia, you know, has uh, plenty of discussion about what's popular sovereignty. And, uh, and if you Google the, this word, the American sovereign, okay, this is a, this, this sovereignty concept is very American. Okay. I, I've said this word, US, we are special. Each of us can be a country, can be a nation. Each of us can be a nationalist, okay? Founding fathers are white nationalists. It's plain and simple. They want to have their own nations. They don't like the king and the queen. They are white nationalists too because they're, they're, they're all whites. It's okay to be a nationalist. There's nothing wrong when Malcolm X said, we want our own land for black people. We want our own nation. Nothing wrong with that because the founding fathers are nationalists. The Constitution and Declaration of Independence allow each one of us to be a nationalist. You can be your own nation. The tribal nation should be a nationalist. You know, you can compare other little countries in outside the U.S. They are they are not as sovereign as us. Okay. I mean, they could be, you know, all probably we can, I can say this. We are as sovereign as a little nation outside the U.S. They can have arms, they have armies, we can have guns. Okay? They can have our border, we have our property lines. We have our white picket fences indicating this is my property, this is my domain. I'm the master of my domain. Okay? Elaine can have her castle. She can claim she is the queen of the castle. She can own guns. She can hire private securities to defend her castle. This is called the American sovereign. Okay, the article that I quoted, uh, this uh, Judge uh, uh, Justice Scalia's words, is from Yale Law uh, Journal. It is about the people's sovereignty. American sovereign, uh, Ameri the American sovereign. Okay. Again, without taking sides, but I'm going to quickly tell you there are left and right, conservative and progressive interpretation of them. I don't take sides of them, but I'll just tell you that's a concept there, and that's good enough for me. So, in this article by a, uh, by the, by a, uh, University of Michigan Law School 
article, uh, which is written by a New Mexico University law professor. Uh, the title of this uh, journal uh, uh, article is called uh, "The Vitality of the American Sovereign." It talks about the history of this concept called American sovereign. In this article, I'll just you know just quickly give you the two sides of the story, two sides of theory. Quote from this article: "The larger war between two competing understandings of the people's sovereignty. One narrow understanding is this: this professor." Uh, his name is uh, his last name is Fritz. I think he is the one. He wrote a book about the American sovereign, and uh, the narrow understanding of the people's sovereignty, which Fritz, Professor Fritz, believes ultimately triumphant, holds that the people may influence day-to-day -day government affairs. Only through elections and other limited mechanisms that elected officials might authorize, and that Article Five of the Constitution describes the exclusive methods by which the Constitution may be changed. So, in this narrow understanding of people's sovereignty, it is believed that well, go after yourself, we the people. You elected us, the government officials. You have. To wait till the next election to change the government. In between, because you allows me, the government official, to rule you, I can do whatever the fuck I like to do. So that's the narrow understanding of the people's sovereignty. The broad understanding of a people's sovereignty permits the sovereign people to intervene directly in day-to-day -day governmental affairs, with or without elected officials' consent, and then to alter their constitutional arrangements by any means they deemed appropriate. This is a broad understanding of the people's sovereignty, with few exceptions. Professor Fritz argues the broad understanding of the people's sovereignty has been lost as a viable principle, and for all practical purposes, sovereignties today rest in the hands of government officials. This, Fritz argues, is regrettable. The belief in a powerful and direct role for the people as the sovereign. Is a part of America's historical experience with the written constitutions. He writes, and should not be ignored. This is the broad understanding of people's sovereignty. Remember, I'm not taking sides. You can see the difference is that the narrow understanding, which is the prevalent understanding today, is saying, "Okay, you, the people who elect officials." You are fucked because you elect those bozos in the White House or in the in the Congress or, or or in your local government. You're effed. Deal with it. You have to wait patiently for the next round of election. That's the narrow understanding. The broad understanding, as I read to you, you understand what that means. 
Okay, I'm pretty sure most of you right now in the listeners' queue agree with the broader understanding. Okay, I'm okay with that. I don't take sides. I'll tell you why. Because the the word people sovereignty already establish the rights of man or the rights of a woman. These are unalienable. Right.、Uh, just a quick note. There is a movement called the Sovereign Citizens Movement. That thing is a little bit extreme. Okay, it's went all all beyond the broader understanding of people sovereignty. I'm not in agreement with that. Not at all. But I want to, you know, just at least show you there is this concept called individual sovereignty. That forms the people's sovereignty, and was consented through election to the government, so that people is to be governed by the government. But the founding fathers, oh, you know, just like you, they will they will think about this scenario. What if the government become abusive after the election? After the government has power, what if they be you know the government abuse their power? I know we've seen so many of them, from both from the Republicans and from the Democrats. There's no difference. You know, I I have said before, the people who fear the white man the most are white men themselves, are the founding fathers. So they come up with something called the Bill of Rights to reflect the rights of man. In other words, they say, "Well, you know, we have to form a government. We have to, you know, somehow consent to be governed by the government. Let's write something down to make sure these things will not happen to us. The government will not abuse their power against us. So they have the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights reflect the rights of man. Okay, remember, the rights of man are natural rights." The Bill of Rights, the rights described in the Bill of Rights, are natural-born rights. It's not given by our government; it's given by divine entity. That's the founding principle, not by a queen or a king. The people's sovereignty is a natural-born right, endowed by you know, for Christians they believe by the God. Election is a consent. Each vote is an individual consent. Elections are the consent by the people to lend its sovereignty to the government on a temporary basis. That's why, like I said, I'm totally against this unlimited term. We have to have some term limits for these politicians. I don't give a fuck whether they're Republican or Democrats or progressive. If you're that good. Thank you very much. After certain terms, adios. We ha- will have better people. So, pe-、uh, the people's sovereignty, our bill, our rights are protected by the Bill of Rights between elections, right? So, so, so now, now I'm talking about rights. The next piece, next next segment, I'm going to talk about specific rights and the Bill of Rights. Have you ever heard of a term "eminent domain"? 
Have you ever heard of uh, the term called the castle doctrine? Now, castle doctrine is a little bit different from this uh, stand your ground in Florida, okay? I know after that Trayvon Martin's uh, 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 killing, uh, I do not know the detail about, uh, about the case, but I do know the so-called, uh, something called this Florida law called the stand your ground is somewhat from the castle doctrine. Okay, but I think it's expanded version of castle doctrine. All right, so the third thing I want to bring up is privacy and the Bill of Rights, the Fourth Amendment. So before I go into the detail, let me take the uh, a call from Amanda. Hey, Peter. Interesting hey, show. Amanda. Interesting okay. show. Thank you. Um, so um, one thing that occurred to me among all of the things during the conversation was, you know, you said the, the Constitution or the Bill of Rights is like a contract with the people. I don't know why any of us should think that our federal government would keep an agreement with anyone after we've seen how many <laughs> treaties with the Native Americans they completely blew I know. through. Don't get, take me to the my other law, show. <laughs> don't take me to the other show. law that they continue to break. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. why we should continue to have faith in a government that won't keep its agreements with other people. Why should it keep it with us? Exactly. Exactly. I have said the people who fear the white man is the white man themselves. That's right. why they, they have so many, you know, I, I like the, the, the layout. I do. I, you know, I think, uh, you know, just like Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali have said, you know, he said, I like white people. I just want black people to be, to achieve the same as white people achieved. I am yeah. in the same boat, you know, I'm in the same boat. And yeah. the other thing is, is I believe that the constitution says that we are endowed by our creator with exactly. unalienable rights. Yep. Well, you know, I believe most of the people that, that drafted that document and signed it were not christians but rather humanists so that's one thing okay, I'm, and, I'm glad you say that go ahead yes and then the, and then the other thing is if you're a humanist or or you're not a theist to put it specifically i mean you could say that women are in in the constitution because you could say that every everybody that's covered by it was created by a woman <laughs> I, like I said, rights of a man is clearly explicitly exclude, exclude women, right? <laughs> so, right. And but, it's, but it's, if you're creator, everybody's creator, human being creator is the woman, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, that's another good point. <laughs> exactly. How do you left out the creator of human beings when that's you right. said, you know, you know, men are created by women through yeah. birth? Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you see, yeah. I mean, we are not going like a left or right in this discussion. I'm not advocating for killing babies or unborn child. No, I'm just saying, if you set up a law, a, the constitution is a social contract, right? These are founding fathers said it's a contract between the people and the government. You know, so great point, Amanda. Appreciate it. Great appreciate. It. So let me continue with this. So again, remember, master, man being the master of his domain. Can woman be master or uh, can woman be queen of her castle? So in eminent domain, it's basically the government cannot take away 
personal properties, a piece of land, your house, right? Even the domain saying, if the government has to do this, they have to pay you with a fair, a just compensation, right? The Third Amendment saying, even under the national, uh, even under the military emergency, we have a war. The government cannot take over. Uh, a person's house to house uh, to house soldiers without just compensation. So the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, specifically said the man has to be the master of his domain, even during the war. If you want to take over his house to house your soldiers, you have to pay that man because he's the master of his domain. That's called eminent domain. There is no specific uh, thing in Constitution say property rights. There is no specific word in the Constitution saying a bill right saying this is your property rights or this is your privacy rights. No, they, they don't. They are just saying your belongings, your possessions, your life, your health is an a unalienable rights. It's not given by the government. It, you, you're born with it. It's your rights. You, when you're born, you have it. The, the, the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment, this, it did not mention privacy rights. It just says this. The right of the people to be secured in their persons. Houses. Houses are the domain thing, right? Papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures should not be violated. And no warrant shall be issued but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and the particularly described the place to be searched and the person the things to be seized. Particularly described the place to be searched and person things to be seized. That's exactly the case I'm going to cite in Delaware where a possessor and user of child pornography was set free by the Supreme Court of Delaware for the exact reason. I've said, if a white user of child pornography doing his thing in his basement with windows, doors locked, with the gate of a white picket fences locked, is he protected by our constitution? The answer is yes. Why? Because he has a privacy rights. Again, I'm not saying let's kill unborn babies. I'm not. I'm just saying this is the social contract written at the founding. We know it's not for women. We know it's not for black people. But we are way past that period saying we do have to treat everyone with equality, equal treatment under the law. That's what the, uh, they, they, uh, they carved uh, the thing on the U.S. Supreme Court building. Is that right? Wait, did you say so, the child molester was white? That, that particular case, yes. The, the, not, yeah, it, see, not, but you know what? It's like, but it's, it, his white privilege protected him. Or got him off. You know, it no, wasn't I, even. Uh, no, in this case, I'm not going to. Uh, uh, I'm not going to conclude that way. I'm just really? going to use that as an example. 
uh, oh, I have uh, so many freaking examples in Delaware. Like I said, Delaware is the only state who had a one pediatrician uh, able to molest over 900 young girls. One doctor molest 900 young girls. I'm what not going to say. World? I'm not going to say it's a white privilege. I'm, it's a crime, pure, plain and simple. But but just you know, I'll get to that point uh, in the future. So now let me talk about the castle doctrine. The reason I want like I like this castle doctrine is this because after all, Elaine Bennis of the Seinfeld show, she wanted to be the queen of her castle. Right, so I'm going to talk about all oh, these are all in our law, in our constitution. I'm going to go a little bit bunker with this. I'm going to read off the Wikipedia page about the castle doctrine, the legal concept of the inviolability, inviolability of the home has been known in Western civilization. Remember, it's a Western civilization. This is not Chinese civilization or African since the age of Roman Republic. In English common law, the term is derived from the dictum that an Englishman's home is his castle. An Englishman, not an Englishwoman, by the way, but it's okay. This concept was established as English law by the 17th century jurist Sir Edward Coke in his The Institutes of the Laws of England. He said, for a man's house is his castle. And then he used some Latin, which I'm not going to attempt. Not only was the doctrine considered to justify defense against neighbors and criminals, but any of the crown's agents, crown's agents meaning the government agents, who attempted to enter without the proper warrant as well. In other words, if you are the master of your domain, if you are the queen of your castle, you can defend against a government agent who try to enter your mass, your domain, who try to enter your castle without a proper warrant. Prohibition of the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution shared a common background with the current castle doctrine laws. In other words, if a government agent entered Elaine Bennett's castle while she tried to take an abortion pill and the government does not have a valid search warrant, Elaine Bennett can shoot them. Because she has unalienable rights against anybody, private person or government person. On the American frontier, the doctrine of no duty to retreat extended outside a residence. This is even worse. In the American frontier, this, uh, this, uh, this castle doctrine does not even have to be applied in your house, on your land. It can be outside a residence. He asserted that a man in an altercation that he did not provoke was not obliged to flee from his attackers, but was free to stand his ground and defend himself. A state Supreme Court justice wrote in 1877, quote, Indeed, the tendency of the American mind seems to be very strongly against the enforcement of any rule which requires a person to flee when assailed. 
American West historian Richard M. Brown wrote that under the circumstances, for a man in the American West to flee under such a circumstances would be cowardly and un-American. So you have to know your natural born rights. You have to defend it. Otherwise, you will be considered un-American and you will be considered a coward. So now you understand why we still have a bill of rights when we all believe our rights our rights come naturally natural born because we never trust the government the personal sovereignty as i said is manifested in this imminent domain in the castle doctrine you know just remember john locke said about our rights to defend Life, health, liberty, and the possessions. So consider this. If a man's house is his domain for which he's the master, if a woman's house is a woman's castle for which she is the queen, what about a man's body and a woman's body? Are they also entitled, is the body of a man and the body of a woman entitled to a natural-born right to be protected from any intrusion that are considered unreasonable? Naturally, yes. This, again, this is a natural law. Uh, these are natural rights and the natural law. You don't even have to codify it. We codified it into Bill of Rights for the reasons that we don't trust the government. So I'm going to think naturally about how naturally the government may the government may violate your natural rights. So imagine in your brain boundaries, natural boundaries that provide a protection of your house and your body. Okay, imagine the white picket fences. That is a clear marker of your property, of your domain, of your castle. These are the property lines. That's the first level of defense, natural defense. The second line of defense is your house, the walls, the roofs. The windows, the shades, the shades is needed because you sometimes you provide protection of your privacy, right? You need shades. These are natural defenses of your rights, of your domain, of your castle. Since I'm going to talk you talk about your body, so your clothes serves as a natural defense of your domain, because remember in the Seinfeld show. The master of your domain is about masturbation. It talks about your private parts. So your clothes is a natural defense of your private parts. Think of privacy. Think about defense of any physical assault of your private parts of your of your body, any parts of your body, right? 
under your clothes is your skin. Your skin is a natural boundary that provides defense of your domain, of your castle. So if the government needs a search warrant to enter on your property to cross that white picket fences, if they need to knock on your door to search to serve your search warrant, they just they cannot just ram in your door and damage your door and come into your house. Do they need a search warrant to go under your clothes and get into your skin? So now you can think about a variety of things, right? You can think about, you know, vaccination for COVID. You can think about sexual assault of a woman. You can think about mask mandate during a pandemic. You can think naturally using these natural boundaries of your domain, of your castle. To think about when you have consented to the government that they have the rights to break each of these natural boundaries. Each one of them. As you know, you, you, as you can tell by now, I'm talking about this not because I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, not because I'm a progressive, I'm a conservative. I'm just going by the freaking words written in the Constitution, written in the founding commentaries of this country. If you force a, someone to wear a mask, that's probably if the government force you to wear a mask, especially in the public transportation situation, that probably is okay because it does not invade inside your skin. But I don't think the government have the rights to force you to wear a mask in your own house. Because you are in your own house. You are in your domain. Sticking a needle under your skin constitutes a penetration of your body. It's as similar as having sex with a woman without her consent. You need the consent. Well, what was interesting about that is that they, Biden and Pelosi both said we, in the very beginning, we can't mandate these. And then they went ahead and mandated it. I mean, like that, uh, it's so scary what they're doing. And exactly. I'm just explaining to you, all your rights are natural. What this government doing today is entirely unnatural and illegal. A lot of shit. I don't need to go over them. You, you guys know better than I do. I'm just using these natural theories to educate you. Say, look, you actually do have those natural defense of your domain, of your rights. You just go by that. Think yeah, but those people lost their jobs, like in New York, the nurses exactly. were not to go back. To, if you didn't, exactly. I mean, they really. I mean, we may have these rights, but they're going to do everything they can. I mean, it's just scary times right now. So, and I'm not sure what we do about it. But that, that, yeah, this whole thing was a complete disaster. How this party wins after that, I have no idea. But I, you know, it's because they own the media. They're going to scare everybody so much about the right, which is scary. But wow, crazy times. 
Yeah, so let me continue with this. Basically, these are natural boundaries. It's like a river dividing two countries. Saying these are the natural boundary of these two countries. So there's no more border disputes. Okay? There's a natural boundaries in what government can do to us. This is not a, some conservative or progressive telling you. It's just me speaking naturally. So, there is a women's ovary is inside her skin, like her vagina. Do you need some kind of a consent from her to learn anything about a woman's ovary or vagina? I think you do, the government or, or a private person. I think uh, Amanda, uh, uh, is my Amanda still here? Oh, Amanda's gone. You know, Amanda once said, uh, you know, if a woman stick her finger into a man's ears, is that an assault? I would say probably is. So getting enforced any abortion laws, anti-abortion laws, is going to need a, a, a woman's consent to op obtain any information about her inside body. So that, that's what I have said before. Roe v. Wade is a correct decision, but made by conservative justice and Christian justices. But they are all men. None of them are women. And they have followed a wrong approach. I'm not the only one who said that, okay? Uh, Alan Dershowitz, uh, he has a YouTube interview. He, he has that. He said, Roe v. Wade put this abortion issue on a slippery slope. <laughs> okay? Like I said, whatever happened to that woman inside her body is a private issue. It's off limits by these natural boundaries. Whatever Elaine Bannis wants to do in her castle, I don't have a business to know. And neither does the government. What about the church? You, you know, that's another thing, right? So in other words, Roe v. Wade in its deliberation. Yeah, you people are awful. Discussed about, discussed about the, what is it called, the viability. That's a slippery slope. I'm in no position to talk about viability. It's off the government. It's off limits towards the government. Courts is a government. Courts, you know, I, I'm going to say something else. Okay. So, so, so the viability discussion in Roe v. Wade, since, since Roe v. Wade put this debate on a slippery slope that we should have never been going through this shit. Everybody get right, right up. No, who, again, going back to Justice uh, Scalia said, who, what is the one that rules me? It's Supreme Court. Why the Supreme Court has the right to rule me like that? It does not. It truly does not. The Supreme, Supreme Court has no business to debate the viability, except some other circumstances, which I'm going to talk about. Nobody gave the consent to the U.S. Supreme Court saying, 
especially old man court. See, let's discuss the viability of a fetus. How the fuck they know? They're not medical doctors. Who the fuck have the rights to do that when they don't have a consent? The question is not whether such information, the viability information, is debatable. Is this debatable as a biomedical topic? Not a legal question. To be a legal question, first of all, the government, the courts have to get a consent from the sovereign people, in this case, the women, to willing to open up their vagina or ovary for governmental inspection and discussion. Did the government get the consent? No, they did not. So to me, under the theory of the rights of man, under the theory of the people's sovereignty, the government, the courts, need a national referendum. Again, this has become a federal issue. Remember, the Dobbs decision saying, oh, abortion is not a federal issue, let the states decide. You need a national referendum to take the privacy rights of the women away. Take them out. It's too important to protect the fetus. Let's take out the privacy rights of the women altogether. But at the same time, if the privacy rights are a natural right, how does the government will ever get to know what is going on inside a woman's body without violating the natural right of hers? It's a no-win situation. The government is off-limit by natural law. Viability discussion is off-limits. Remember the word quickening? Justice Alito used. It's an old English common law discussion about quickening. You know, if a woman is baking a cake in her own castle, the quickening of those quick in ingredients is entirely her business, not the government business. You know, I'm going to propose certain circum uh, circum scenarios that this viability discussion can be discussed by the government. If the fertilizer of a fertilized egg sue the woman for certain things, the fertilizer, of course, is a man. I'm not going to bring transgender issues here. Unless the fertilizer sue, file a legal lawsuit, a legal action, on behalf of the fertilized egg, then we may have a discussion here. You know, I don't know. Maybe a guy and a girl had a sex, and the woman got pregnant. The woman wants to abort the fetus. The man say, "I want to keep that baby." That may get some standing of that fetus. Then we can talk about the age of that fetus. Preferably in a private, in a, in in a closed session, in a judicial proceeding to protect the privacy. Of all parties, so this this could be a scenario that become a legal issue. Then you, the judge and justice can talk about it because the fertilizer, the man, agreed to give up his privacy to a court to decide the fertilization of a woman's egg, and he if he decide and he insists 
this fertilized egg to bring into the world, to be brought into the world. Another possibility is that a national referendum to ratify the personhood of fertilized egg. If we give a personhood to a fertilized egg or to a fetus, then a fetus become a person. Then that person have all the rights protected under the Constitution and Bill of Rights. But that vote to ratify personhood is a process to of giving consent to the government. That that have not happened yet. Will it happen? I doubt it. Because after all, sex is a very private matter. I mean, I know a lot of people may want to post their sex intercourse on TikTok and all that. That's for them. But I think most people consider fertilization is a private matter. Women's health is a private matter. The government is off limits. So now I'm going to talk about what is being unreasonable under the Fourth Amendment. You know, if the government agent cross the property line, jump over the picket fences, smash the door, smash the window, take down the criminal suspect, rip off his clothes. To obtain evidence that he indeed had committed an awful crime? Will any conviction stand afterwards through the judicial proceeding? Likely no. Search and seizure inside a home without warrant are presumably unreasonable. If you cannot search and seizure inside a home, what about search and seizure? inside a body of the homeowner. In this case, the queen of the castle. Right? So I know there's some exceptions under the Fourth Amendment. Search without warrant may be lawful if a consent was given by the suspect to the office to to the police officer right also if a search is uh, 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 comes together with a arrest warrant lawfully signed and if there is a probable cause to search and there's urgent circumstances or if an item the search item is in plain view. The officer does not need to even cross the property line or the white picket fences. The incriminating evidence or items is in plain view. In other words, if a guy is watching child pornography on his porch and the officer just drive, drove by and saw that, that's okay. Because this guy literally just sit in the bright daylight on his porch watching child pornography. 
And he cannot complain that his Fourth Amendment rights were violated. He provided a view to the office professor, uh, to, to the police officer. But other than that, you even you search a house, you need a warrant. You go, you, you, you want to do cavity search of a drug dealer, you still need a search warrant saying, I'm going to force this guy to take off his clothes because he may have a drugs inside, you know, near his private parts. You have to specify. Now you are going inside a woman's ovary? How that happen? There's a layers and layers of natural boundaries that government cannot cross. So that's that. So I'm going to conclude here. So Roe v. Wade is a federal question. Unlike what Justice Scalia, just, uh, Justice Alito said, oh, it's not a state, a uh, federal question. It's a state question. Let the state legislatures do the decide. You, you will take a faithful interpretation of the rights of man and build rights. And, uh, you have to take your oath very, very seriously, faithfully to equally apply rights of man to all people, women and colored people. You are the most smartest people in this whole country. You know what the rights of man is for. It's for white men. But you should be well advanced enough to know rights of men have to be applicable to all people, by to women and to colored people. Every American, regardless of skin color or gender, is a master of his or her own domain and castle. He and she has a, a unalienable rights to vote as a consent to a government which is never allowed to trespass his or her domain without probable cause. Each American has a, an, an unalienable rights to own firearms to defend her domain, her castle. And he or she has the rights to abolish and alter the government if he or she no longer consent. As I said earlier, the founding fathers are white nationalists and male nationalists under the theory of the rights of man. They, they decided they, no they could no longer consent to the British government. So under the same theory of these white nationalists and the male nationalists, there's really nothing illegal, you know, for for other nationalists, you know, like Malcolm X is accused of being a black nationalist. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong for a, a feminist to declare or to advocate a feminist nationalism if she no longer consent to male domination in a democracy. The tribal people, the Native Americans in the United States, they are forced to consent to a legal status called domestic dependent nations. What is that? Are they allowed to be a tribal nationalist? The Puerto Rico people 
are forced to consent to a status of an American citizen of the U.S. territories. What is wrong if they, the Puerto Rico people, want to declare their independence? Because they, they no longer can consent this form of government. So, as my title of this room said, the Dred Scott, in the Dred Scott, the Supreme Court said, the blacks are not a man for the purpose of rights of man. In Dobbs' decision, the Supreme Court said, women are not a man for the purpose of rights of man. These are all originalistic. These are all textualistic. I'm just following the exact words. I'm just saying under the 14th Amendment, all these rights of men should be applicable equally. To Dred Scott back then, and the two Dobbs today. So for this reason alone, the Dobbs decision is as shitty as Dred, the Dred Scott decision. The Supreme Court once again, shamelessly, without any sense of shame, acted as if the court were the supreme of the land. You know, I think the people are the supreme of the land, not the Supreme Court. Going back to answer Justice Scalia's question, he said, it is of overwhelming importance who it is that rules me. He said it should not be the nine lawyers sitting on the Supreme Court of the United States. I agree with him. It's not you, the Supreme Court. The supremely fucked up court made of nine lawyers. Or more precisely, nine judicial white privileges. Hey, Pete, do we have nine nine um, uh, judges right now? Nine justices, yes, right now. Really, I thought we they had a hard time filling them up because of you know backlog and just. Yeah, I I have said you know there has to be some term limit for all these federal offices. And I don't care who they are, what party they belong to, what religious belief they have. You just, some bad things can last too long that it will cause irreversible damages to our national well-being. And uh, it's just not good. So I'm for any term limits. Well, your dog agree with me too. <laughs> Very much. Great presentation, Pete. Yeah, so if uh, if nothing else, I uh, if you guys want to stay, uh, it's uh, what? Oh, okay, it's not too bad. An hour and 35 minutes. So I'm going to talk about a little bit more about this uh, Justice Scalia. It's hilarious. I have said, his dissenting opinion have said this. It's of overwhelming importance to determine who who it is that rules me. Who is it that rules the American people? Right? In an earlier case, in Colorado case, uh, the it's uh, called a Romer versus Evans. That is a 
it's a gay case. It's a it's a homosexual case, but it's not a gay marriage case. It's a homosexual case. Justice Justice Scalia said some. You know, he's very good with words. He used another word called the, this uh, cultural comp. I mentioned earlier, K U L T U R K A M P F. K A M P F is the same word in Adolf Hitler's word a book, Mein Kampf, my struggle, my battle. So in in Justice Scalia's uh, usage, he's basically saying this gay case in Colorado is a cultural comp case. My jihad. Yeah, 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 exactly. This is what I'm going to get to. It's pretty hilarious. Okay, again, I'm going to use his own words to to criticize him. So he's, he said this is a cultural battle, not a legal battle. A battle. He said this is this case, Romer versus Evans, a gay uh, situation case, basically about whether Colorado is too hostile towards gay people by passing a law. So Scalia is saying this: this is a cultural issue, not a legal issue. Okay, and uh, he's very he's probably. He has the highest inter,、uh, judicial intellect. Okay, he's the he's the smartest. Okay, I think the reason why he used the German word is this: he's saying whoever brought this gay case is a cultural Nazi. Okay, he used the word "cultural battle" in German for the reasons that he wants to imply the people behind this gay case are cultural Nazis. Remember what Nazis are. Nazi are not majorities. Nazi is a group of minorities who are violent and dangerous, and the rest of the country, rest of Germany, went along with these Nazis. So, Scalia has had a very sharp critic criticism of the people behind this gay case. Again, I'm not taking sides. About about these cases, but I'm just saying he is making that accusation of that. But the, think about the Dobbs case. To me, the Dobbs case is a Christian case. Oh, so actually, let me read what Scalia wrote about the about this gay case. Romer versus Evans. This is what Scalia wrote. He is dissenting again. The court has mistaken a cultural comp for a fit of spite. The constitutional amendment before us here is not the manifestation of a bare desire to harm homosexuals, but it is rather a modest attempt. By seemingly tolerant Coloradans to preserve traditional sexual morass against the efforts of a politically powerful minority to revise those morass through use of the law. So now I'm going to read again because his words are are very sophisticated and very sharp. Okay, again I'm quoting him: the court. Has mistaken a cultural comp 
for a fit of spite. The constitutional amendment before us here is not the manifestation of a bare desire to harm homosexuals, but is rather a modest attempt by seemingly tolerant Coloradans to preserve traditional sexual morass against the efforts of a political powerful minority to revise those more morass through use of the law. He called these people behind the gay thing is a politically powerful minority, aka Nazis. Apply his own logic to the Dobbs case. If we call these Roy uh, uh, Romer versus Evans uh, proponent uh, 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 case uh, petitioners, these are politically powerful minorities. The Dobbs decision is decided by a politically powerful majority. That majority I call the Christian majority. I call the white majority. I call the white majoritarian democracy. I call that white privilege. Well, Peter, at least um, you know, at least here they're majority. You know, in other places they're minority and they want to rule nonetheless. Exactly. So his word can be used on both on both on both sides. I, as I started by this, he is the one who asks, who is it that rules us? He said it should not be the nine lawyers on the U.S. Supreme Court. But that's exactly what happened in the Dobbs decision. So this is why I said the, the judiciary the, in this white majoritarian democracy has never worked and it is getting worse. And uh, I always said that is exactly why this country has nowhere to go but going down. Because we don't have a judiciary that are impartial, that can let go their own personal preference, their personal morass, their personal beliefs, their personal favors. They are deeply involved. in the politics. So so that's pretty much what I want to say today. And uh, it's not too bad, an hour and 42 minutes. And uh, I hope I have explained it naturally. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the Dobbs decision, the abortion issue, as of now, as I always said, it's not about killing babies. It's about whether we can sacrifice a woman's privacy rights to satisfy satisfy the moral priority of some Christians. Um, you know, Peter, it, it is difficult to to rule in this country without being a hypocrite. Yeah, I I have to agree. I have to agree. So yeah. let me there was the, did you see the interview with um, John Stewart and uh, a politician where he says at some point, you know, the, the trans 
uh, people, or no, rather not the trans people, but uh, uh, cross-dressers, um, that they are such a threat to children that at some point the government must step in to help out these children and whatever, you know, disagreements be damned. And then they ask them, but what about the guns? He says, well, I can't infringe on the rights of people. <laughs> yes. Oh, like, uh, I'm going to do this, uh, uh, the, on the other show, the, this, uh, ethno politics one. I'm going to talk about Tucker Carlson. So I'm going to talk quite a bit about exactly what you just said. And, uh, I was quite, I'm not surprised. I'm quite amused. When uh, Max Blumenthal and uh, and uh, Aaron Mati had a, a special uh, episode on YouTube talking about the uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's anti-war uh, stance, and uh, you know it's hilarious. And uh, I, I'm going to talk. I'm going to just do one Tucker Carlson thing because uh, I kind of. Uh, Felt a loss that he was fired by uh, by by Fox News. I have always said I I wish if I have time if I had time to do a, a daily show called Untucker Tonight. Basically, <laughs> just debunk the shit he's saying. I'm not saying everything he said is shit. I'm just saying he's so so frequent, like producer of those. Uh, you know, again, he is presenting himself as like the high intellectuals, right? And all that. And I'm on the right. And, but I was like, it's such a hypocrisy to see him, you know, coming up with this kind of stuff. But anyway, you're very right, man. It, I can't stand watching Tucker Carlson, actually. I watch whenever somebody says he's said something, whenever there's Julian Assange John or such things, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I, I remember what he had said about the Arabs, you know, about the... Uh, he's offended so many people, like... Um, and it just... Whenever I've watched him, it's just... It's very annoying stuff for the most part. It's half-truth. It's, um, it's a few grades better than um, the performance that Margaret... Taylor Green just did recently on on Rising, and um, Noel actually on um, Savvy's show perfectly laid out, you know, sort of this phenomenon I think that you're touching on, where, you know, the 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 right winger, he's right twice a day, and we decide this is a revolutionary in a sense, and then you know we hate the liberal so much that if the liberal was right three times a day, you know, we, we would we still wouldn't give a damn. But I mean, again, I, I'm not here to defend the liberals. I hate the liberals. Um, ideologically. And also, you know, liberals tend to do uh, fucked up shit. So, um, but yeah, you're, you're, uh, Tucker's by no means like, uh, you know, a, a good actor. I, you know, what I think about Tucker, I think what he, the reason, if this is true, if this isn't just a, one of those things where we find out some 20 years later that actually there was a government thing, you know, just like the government helped out that artist, you know, 
we didn't know that that was what was happening. But so maybe this Tucker thinks it's real. Maybe it's not real. I don't know, right? But if it is real, right? The I think what it is, it's that Tucker is at times flirting with, you know, the enemies of the 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 the, the overlords, and he's doing it for his own sort of um gain either financial or power or whatever and so it, it to to basically get rid of them as a threat you know again not an individual who's out here working for another state or anything like that but as an individual who's self-interested and is willing to you know hold the state and these people hostage they want to get rid of them because they they don't want anybody to get in the way of crowning Joe Biden, for example. Mm-hmm. They don't want anybody to get in the way of whatever sort of interesting things are going to come out of uh, come f- out of Ukrainian uh, politics in the next year, right? Because, again, now with this war, are these people going to end it in order to save Joe Biden's thing? Or are they going to hope to ride with the war? And are they going to, you know, put it in front of the campaigns? Or are they going to have to basically pretend there's no war and all of this stuff? And it's going to be, I think it'd be too complicated. I think that's why they got rid of Tucker. But I'm with you that Tucker is by no means Mother Teresa. Although, well, I hear Mother Teresa is not necessarily Mother Teresa herself. So yeah, yeah, I heard quite a number of things uh, uh, critical of uh, Mother Teresa and uh, Muhammad Gandhi, uh, I, but I'm not an expert in that. This is why I would love to have people talk about <laughs> other country stuff, ethno-political stuff. And, uh, you know, I think Amanda made a, a great point saying is that, you know, if the U.S. government did not even honor the agreement we uh, it made with the Native Americans, they are not going to follow the laws on the book among ourselves, among, you know, even among white people. And, uh, and the, this is, I call it just hypocrisy. I even want to call it white, uh, hypocrisy as a routine, as a tradition, culturally or whatever it is. Because, uh, Tucker Carlson represent that hypocrisy, which I want to talk about. I, I call him, uh, American ethno political icon. Uh, uh, I, I want to talk about the, the, actually his personal failure because I do know uh, he desired to be the new uh, uh, neck, uh, uh, the the inherit uh, the uh, the heir of a great conservative commentator uh, by the name of William F. Buckley. Oh yeah, but he totally is not William F. Buckley, and. He, Tucker Carlson totally become a tool of ethno-political warfares on TV, on mainstream media. You know, I, I, my question to you is this, right? Because you're talking about the founders in their declaration um, providing for us um, a way to get rid of a basically essentially them, you know, the government. 
um, that he's supposed to represent the people. But we know that these people were crooks. So why did they write it? Because I do understand they, this was the way that they got rid of England as their, you know, overlord. Mm-hmm. But just because I was able to get, of you, get rid of you as my overlord, it doesn't mean that I necessarily have to encode that thing onto the next system, which is mine. So because, if, especially if I'm a crook, I wouldn't be saying, hey, you have the right to do the same thing that I did with the previous overlord. Because the, the idea is that I'm a better overlord. You know, to myself, I'm not such a crook. Yeah, I, oh, I'm, I'm, I understand your your reasoning behind what you just said. I'm not disputing that. Uh, I, 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 I think earlier today I listened uh, just briefly of this uh, YouTube uh, audiobook recording of uh, Art of War. I did not even know the first thing according to that Art of War uh, is that before the battle you need to establish moral supremacy of, for, for your troops, for your people. So that people will be willing to die for you. Your soldier will be willing to die for you. So I believe the, uh, the founding fathers, yes, they're crook. I'm not disagreeing with that, but they have a se- serious battle in front of them, right? So they have to elevate themselves to a moral high ground. Okay. And uh, that's why they come up with those ideals. And uh, and also, I have to respect the fact that a lot of these uh, uh, UN United Nations human rights uh, 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 are, are a copy from the our Declaration of Independence, our Bill of Rights. So, our goal is, in my opinion, my goal is this: it's the same law, the same social contract, should be applicable to all people. And that's my beef. And I, I, you know, to be resolved, and, uh, and to to to, you know, to 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 happen. So 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 it is with the acknowledgement of the fact that these founding fathers are in fact, you know, crooked. I'm not disputing that, but the theory behind what they do. Is, in my opinion, is the only uh, narrative, only law that I can think can be functional for the few for the few for the future. Okay, as I always said, the America today does not even work for white people. Like I said before, last time is that the life expectancy for white male is decreasing. You know, you you talk about drug overdose death um, by majority are white people, right? The 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 intrafamilial killing, the basically parents killing their own children. I can tell you, predominantly white people. That, that's true. That's true. Um, that- A lot of a white single male after divorce, they kill themselves without without, without killing other people, also. Because it does not work for them either. Like I always said, 
the people who fear the white man the most are white men themselves. They know they are cook, just like you're saying that. Um. Okay. Okay. That now that does make sense. Um. That, especially given that, you know, these people weren't always on the right side, but they basically had to usurp a movement. Uh, uh, this is according to Gerald Horn, right? That there was an organic sort of movement of the masses um, against the taxes of the English and all of the burden that, you know, yep. Yep. that they, they were um, dealing yep. with. They have to come up with something that are intellectually superior and morally superior, right? To, to, to establish the, you know, the legit legitimacy of a war against a very, very powerful nation, right? Like I always said, you know, you have to give the credit to them being that they are risking their own lives and their property and their family to do that shit. You know, I'm not saying they're all perfect, but I'm just saying, well, you have to be brave. You know, you cannot hide in the basement to do any revolution. You actually have to be out there. It is, it is true. There's, there's, um, yeah, I mean, and at that time also, it, it was in a sense more real, right? You you had to go out there and you had to speak. And so Phil and I were talking earlier about mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. basically what ultimately the government could be, you know, boiled down to. It is a force that doesn't have any God-given authority. You know, it's basically exactly. the, the exactly. mob that. Mm -hmm is ruling us because it is strongest and mm -hmm. basically the agreement is okay we won't fight you um you're the mob but then if unless you you know cannot actually you know rule in a way that is um how do i say like you have to be functional you know you have to be conducive to you know people being able to live in a way that is, I guess, better than if you leave us alone, right? But if there's something honest about those times, because, you, you, you know, these people are there, and it's, it's right in the moment of revolution, I suppose, versus where we're at, we're born in this damn system. And, you know, it is said that it's always been, and it always will be, and we're in the best country in the world, and to... To, to want to change it is just, you know, so, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I, I know where you stand, Ru, Ru, uh, Rudy. So, you know, it's just like, I think our difference is really is that what is the solution, right? And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I have voiced my opinions, be, uh, you know, in the past. So, and I'm, I st still want to just focus on the fact that it's 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 a mandatory requirement in any democracy that you have to have a very even-handed judiciary to resolve grievances among parties, among people, among people in the government, and all that. Right now, we don't have that. I think we are really, really bad. And uh, and and uh, you know, but but you know, this 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 kind of stuff. This kind of bad news is good news for, for this show. Cause, you know, I was like, you know, I've said this.
they are not morally supreme. They are not even legally supreme. They are not intellectually supreme. You know, because they are influenced by their own personal, you know, favors, values, and all that. The, They're not. The, the, the recently shown to be corrupt one, he said he doesn't make that much money. So then, you know, basically, he has the right to have his wife be treated by the billionaire, and he be also treated by the billionaire. Oh, you mean Clarence Thomas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you probably, I mean, in case you don't, I don't have any other episode scheduled after this one. Uh, uh, but I will have to start thinking about what's the next one to do. So I do want to think, of, I do want, I am thinking about doing a Clarence Thomas one because he famously called his confirmation hearing high-tech lynching, right? So I want to ask is what he is experiencing today the second round of a high tech lynching. Mm-hmm. So, 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 Mr. Clarence Thomas is saying that lynching is a phenomena, at least, you know, and not to say that he, you know, there's, there's lynching outside of the American experience, but he uses lynching for a particular reason, isn't it? Because yes. it yes. has a way of tugging at the heart. But I thought this man didn't believe in such things. Yeah, because because uh, again, I'm I'm not certain yet because uh, it would take a lot of research work to find out all these discussions about him recently, right? And all that because I do know the progressive side hate him. I, I'm aware of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I'm pretty sure the progressive side consider him the Uncle Tom, and right. all that. Right? right. I do not have a specific cases. Uh, that he decided his opinion and all that because he's very famous in not saying anything for any right. case. He would just mm-hmm. vote yes or no. He doesn't say anything, right? So that leave you very little to go by. Unlike Scalia, Scalia is very vocal and he's very, you know, intelligent. The, the progressive respects him too, the Scalia, right? So I'm, you know, like today, I'm just pointing out it's using Scalia's own words. To saying in Dobbs' decision, nine lawyers on the U.S. Supreme Court rules half of the population. It's pretty, pretty bad, you know, in his own words. So Thomas, I just think the treatment of him is racially discriminatory. I'm sure he, other judges and justices uh, are doing the exact same thing or similar thing that he's doing. Mm-hmm. But nobody say a shit about it. Right. But nowadays there's a tons of anger on the progressive side against the Supreme Court. That's why they are coming out with all this kind of stuff. Is it the progressive side? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because uh, like uh, the Republicans, generally speaking, even these days, they are pretty quiet about all these ethics violations by the Chief Justice. By the by, Clarence Thomas, and by 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 any other judges, they're pretty quiet about it. You know, when uh, you say progressive, do you mean the the liberals? Do you mean the, the liberals? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I probably use these words very interchangeably. <laughs> right. No, I understand. So. 
All right, it's been two hours. Guys, thank you so much for sticking around. And uh, it means a lot to me because this episode actually is the heaviest one uh, I intended to do. And it is the high, uh, heaviest one. So I appreciate you guys stick around. And uh, and uh, again, like I said, I do not even know what my next one will be for this show. But I will do one about Tucker Carlson on Wednesday. And uh, if I have time to prepare for it. So... Thank you, uh, everybody, and uh, have a great rest of your evening, and I hope I will see you again. Thank you for Rudy, uh, for being such a great calling host, co-host. Appreciate it. Good night.